Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find this reading on page 833 in the Pew Bible. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We all have our favorite Christmas movies and television shows. One of my favorite cherished childhood traditions was to watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on TV. It hardly felt like Christmas to me as a little kid without watching that tale of that fabled reindeer with the fancy nose. It's a show that I'm sure many of us are familiar with. It's a story of that famous reindeer and his two traveling companions, the elf named Hermie, who never really wanted to be an elf, he wanted to be a dentist, (laughs) and the wild-eyed explorer Yukon Cornelius. The most enchanting part of that whole show for me as a kid was when Rudolph and his two traveling buddies found themselves in a fascinating land called the Island of Misfit Toys. It was a place that was filled with poor, rejected toys because no one wanted them, because there was always something wrong with those toys. There was a train that had square wheels. There was a water pistol that squirted jelly which doesn't sound so bad to me, but apparently nobody else wanted it. There was a doll, if you can believe this, that had low self-esteem issues. And there was an elephant covered with spots. So many toys, so many defects, all of them banished to exile, left all alone, forgotten, never to be rescued or owned or chosen or loved. I suspect the reason that the producers wrote this scene into the script was to teach children how to have empathy and compassion, to show all of us that we shouldn't judge people for their shortcomings, because after all, all of us have them, and boy, did that lesson work. I didn't know this about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But the original show is very different from the show that we have come to know and love. When the show originally debuted in 1964, it was different in that the original script had all of the misfit toys 
left on the island, never to be rescued, left there in exile, which prompted an avalanche of letters from angry children all across the country. Kids who wrote the producers with angry words, how could you leave those toys there on that island? Whatever became of the misfit toys? Why didn't Rudolph go back? And so, the very next year, the producers changed the script. They added a scene in which Rudolph and Santa would descend onto the land and rescue those toys. And Santa would scoop them up into his bag and load them up onto his sleigh and take them on a trip and deliver them to children all around the world so that each and every one of those toys, including the doll with low self-esteem, would experience the one thing from those children that they had never known their entire lives, unconditional love. And that's the way the story has been ever since. Let's just face it, friends. Tonight, on this Christmas Eve, we're just a bunch of misfit toys. Oh, I know, we don't want to admit it. In fact, we spend a lot of time and we spend a lot of effort trying to conceal our misfittedness and try to project onto other people that we actually are a lot better than we really are. But you and I well know deep down inside that each of us, without exception, have our own hang-ups and habits and heartaches. We live in relationships that are broken. We have a past that is full of shame and guilt. We have a future that is fraught with worry. We have this constant replay of old tapes in our minds that would try to convince us that we are far removed from the kind of life that we know we should live. And so we ask ourselves the question, if only. If only someone could come and rewrite our script. If only someone could add a scene. If someone could only come down and rescue us and show us the one thing we've wanted and longed for our entire lives, unconditional love and a second chance, if only someone could be here with us. Well, friends, welcome to the true meaning of Christmas. I kind of wonder sometimes, the moment Jesus was born, what do you suppose was the very first thing that he saw the moment he opened his eyes? I wonder if it was the face of his mother, Mary. Perhaps she saw in her the face of a misfit toy. In her eyes was the soul of a weary traveler, a person who had just traversed 90 miles of hot, dusty road on the back of a donkey, but also traversed a long journey of nine months of public scrutiny and scorn. 
day after day dealing with townspeople who stigmatized and marginalized her. I wonder if that's the first face that Jesus saw. Or maybe the first face was his father, Joseph, and in him he saw a misfit too, because in his eyes would have been the soul of a person who was tired and weary. Someone who had been ridiculed for being weak and unprincipled. Someone who had day after day suffered public scrutiny for not doing the expected thing and casting Mary aside. Perhaps it was just too much to become the laughing stock of the entire village. Or maybe the first thing Jesus saw when he opened his eyes were some of the greatest misfits of all, the shepherds. That whole ragtag bunch of motley folks who were cast on the outside of society, the down and dejected, the people who did the dirty work that nobody ever seemed to appreciate, the ones who just sort of stumbled onto the star who guided them, and there they were, observing the birth of Jesus. Just them and their bumbling sheep and their smelly clothes. In other words, when Jesus first opened his eyes... I bet he saw a nativity full of misfit toys. But you know what? I also bet that when Jesus first opened his eyes, he saw your face too. And he saw mine. As he looked into the fullness of the human condition. As he saw all that it meant to be human. He saw all of our condition. He saw your facade. He saw the daily battles that you wage every day, the ones that you lose so many times against your own sins and your own weakness. He saw the pain of your broken relationships. He saw your separation from God. He saw your deep down doubts and questions. He saw the depth of your despair. He saw how lost you feel in your life. He saw your longing for acceptance, your yearning for unconditional love. He saw the brokenness of a world that seems so twisted and warped and backwards in its priorities. He saw all of the sadness and all of the suffering and all of the strife, and that is exactly why he came. Because in the original script, in the way the story was originally written, back in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, and in the fall of Adam and Eve, we were left alone. We were left miserable. No one to rescue us, separated from God. But God wouldn't have it that way. So God rewrote the script on that first Christmas morning. God came to a world of misfit toys and showed us love by becoming a misfit himself. There is a classic sermon illustration about a pet store in which the sign on the door said, Puppies for Sale. A little boy walked in to take a look. The man inside the pet shop showed him five little puppies that were just born from their mother, and they were about the cutest dogs the little boy had ever seen. And so the little boy said to the man, how much are those puppies? I really want one. And the man replied, they each cost $50. I told you this was an old sermon illustration. (laughs) The little boy reached down into his pocket, and he pulled out some change, and he plopped it on the counter, and he said, well, mister, I have a dollar and 47 cents. The man said, well, I'm afraid I can't sell you one of these puppies for a dollar 
47, but I tell you what, why don't you just go and do some chores and earn some money, and when you have enough, when you have your 50 bucks, come on back, and if one of these puppies is still around, I'll sell one of them to you. Just at that moment, the front door swung open, and in walked the pet store owner's wife, carrying a box, and inside that box was a whimpering little puppy. She set it down on the counter, and the little boy looked inside. And that little puppy was smaller than the others, and it had a bad leg. The boy noticed it couldn't stand up very well, and when it tried to walk, it limped very badly. The little boy's eyes got really big. He said to the owner, What's wrong? What's wrong with that little puppy? The pet store owner explained that it was born with a defective hip socket. And so it wouldn't be able to play like the other puppies, wouldn't be able to jump. In fact, it was destined to live a life with a limp and always be lame. The boy's eyes got really big. He said, oh, I, I wish I had the money to buy that puppy. That's the one I would choose. The pet store owner said, well, son, that, that puppy that puppy's not for sale, but I'll tell you what, if you really want him, I'll give him to you for free, no charge. But the little boy got upset when he heard that. He looked straight at the pet store owner's eyes and he said, no, I don't want you to give him to me for free. I'll tell you what, that little dog is worth just as much money as all of these other puppies. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll give you a dollar forty-seven right now, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to earn money, and every week for f- I'm going to give you 50 cents until I pay you the full price for this dog. The pet store owner was perplexed. He said, now, son, I don't understand. Why in the world would you spend good money on this dog? You know this dog is going to limp for the rest of its life. It's never going to be able to run and jump and play like all of the other puppies. What is it in this dog that you see? And at that point, the little boy bent down, reached for the bottom of his pant leg and started rolling it up to reveal a badly twisted, crippled left leg supported by a big metal brace. He looked up at the pet store owner and he said, Mister, I don't run too well myself. I was born this way too. So I figure this little puppy is going to need someone like me who understands. Friends, Jesus came to earth because he figured that you and I would need someone who understands. There's no sense hiding from God the fact that you're not perfect. You can go ahead and admit to yourself right now that that you've made mistakes, that you feel like the chips are stacked against you to break free from your misfit life. But the good news today is that God is here. God has come to you in Jesus to be with you and tell you that you have not been forgotten and that you have not been left alone. And God is calling you to a whole new adventure today, a whole new adventure that we call discipleship. It's just a fancy word that means following Jesus, to follow His lead and embody His example 
and to share that same love with others that God has given to you today. And if you're looking for a place to learn how to do that, then welcome to Hyde Park United Methodist, the Church of Misfit Toys. Because that's what we are. None of us are perfect here. Because in this place, all misfits are welcome. Two of our values are that we are warm-hearted and we are open-minded. We are warm-hearted in that we believe in a diversity of people, and we are open-minded in that we believe in a diversity of opinions and perspectives, all because we have this one thing in common. We are all centered in Christ that Christ who came down to be with us, to show us that God understands, and to scoop us up and load us onto God's sleigh and show us a wild adventure of unconditional love and a life beyond our wildest dreams. So if you feel like a misfit, then welcome home. You are among good company here. And maybe this year will be a chance for you to start a brand new start in your relationship with God. In fact, we are starting this new year with a simple two-part worship series that is designed for anyone here today who wants a fresh start in following Jesus. It's a series that we are simply calling Begin. On January 7th, the sermon is titled Begin with God. And you'll learn more about the relationship that God wants to have with you through a rich and deeply moving ritual called Wesley Covenant Renewal. And then on January 14th, the sermon is titled, Begin with Love, and you'll learn more about God's deep love for you through the waters of baptism and how you can be a vessel of love for the world. Those may be your next steps in this grand adventure called discipleship, and we invite you to take them. Friends, in a few moments, we will be concluding the service in the very same way that countless generations of Christians have observed Christmas Eve's past, with the lighting and the sharing of the light. As you receive that light and hold it in your hands in a few short moments, let that moment, as you look at the light in your hands, be a reminder to you of this, God is with you. And it doesn't matter what kind of life you have lived up until now. God is with you, and you have a chance at a brand new start. It does not matter how hopeless the world might seem to you. God is with you to set your soul on fire and to make a difference. It does not matter how conflicted or how broken you might feel. God is with you to let your light shine to the glory of God and make a difference in the world. And it does not matter how long your journey has been or how lost you might feel because God is with you to tell you these words. Welcome home, misfit. Welcome home. Let us pray. God, we thank You that You have not left us alone. Down here in the middle of our misfittedness and misery, You have come to be with us in Jesus, to be the hope for our lives, to show us unconditional love so that we might become a vessel of love for others. May this moment be for us a chance for a brand new start so that as we receive Your light and share it with others, we might do the same with your love. 
We thank you for coming to us, sharing with us this news, and calling us to share new hope and life with others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and let all God's people say, Amen. Amen.